Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 40. Can you believe we're at episode number 40, friend? I love it. Anyway, (laughs) in this episode, you'll be hearing from yours truly. We'll just be having a chat with you and me together and talking about what to do when life is crappy. And I say, when life sucks, double down on self-care. I feel like I'm a pretty productive person. Like I get a lot done, even when I have crazy stressful things going on in my life. And I've come to realize a big part of that is doubling down on self-care. So I can't wait for you to dive into this episode and let me know what you thought. But before we get there, I've got to remind you, we have an Ordinary to Badass Facebook group, and I have some epic stuff coming up in that group. I really would love for you to be a part of the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group. Currently, on Fridays, we are having Corona and coffee talks. You know, the coronavirus has changed our life and the way that we live. So why not talk about it? Why not share our struggles together and figure out how we can get out of it or how we can overcome or make it the best possible for us. Then on Wednesday nights, we are starting Facebook Lives on Wednesday nights. And we are going to have experts come in and teach us. And maybe it'll even be people from the group because we know there's badasses in there, right? So we're going to have experts come in, talk to us. You can ask questions. It's going to be so freaking awesome. I cannot wait. So make sure that you join the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group so that you can get in on all these fun events that are coming up. Okay, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. So today, I wanted to talk about what to do when life feels crappy. How do you get through it? How do you pursue badassery? You know, for a long time, I would just stay in the funk. I would sit there and pity myself and feel like, this sucks, life sucks, and just have a pity party. And maybe that pity party went on for a month. And I realized, who is that really helping? 
is that really doing me any favors sitting in the swamps, so to speak, for a long time? Or just sitting there dwelling on one thing? And what I've come to realize is that our dwelling on something will not change it. So you can be upset. You can be pissed off and angry and hurt and all the things. But is it going to change the outcome? Chances are it's not. So what can you do to change it? I think that that's something that we need to start thinking about. And recently, I have come to the conclusion that when life is crappy, double down on self-care. It's so important. So have you guys read Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is? Byron has a bunch of books out there. And a lot of it is about self-care and really walking yourself through life situations. So a lot of times what Byron says is, is that true? And then you answer, is that actually true? The third question is, how do you know it's true? And who would you be without that thought? It's not telling you to get rid of the thought. It's just asking you who would you be or how would you feel without that thought? A lot of times we tell ourselves our own story and it may not be true, but we believe full-heartedly that it has to be true. Now, we don't really realize it, but throughout our lives, we're telling ourselves a story about what's going on, about what's been done to us about how we've been wronged or maybe what you're the victim of and or how you think guys behave or women behave or certain people behave. And it's because maybe that's how you were treated once or treated a couple times. So then we tell ourselves the story that everybody's doing that same thing. And oftentimes they're not. Like, I don't know where the where this quote comes from, but we don't see people as they are. We see people at how as we are or from our own experience so we tell ourselves our own stories based on our own experience so sometimes i think we need to reevaluate that we need to look at the story that we are telling ourselves about our situation right here's an example when i was going through a divorce i felt alone and i'm sure i told myself that i was alone Because I was the only one that knew what I was feeling and what I was really going through and how hard that it was for me. So I felt alone and I probably told myself alone, but is that true? No. I had plenty of family and friends that had my back, that were right there by my side. Of course, I hadn't heard of Byron Katie or read her work or anything at that point, but the story that I was telling myself was that I was alone, which sometimes can push you to feel more alone, right? So when we're going through these hard times, definitely take a look at your thoughts. See if there's a way that you can just dig into them 
or find if it's actually reality or if it's just something that you're saying to yourself. So Byron Katie, Loving What Is, I would definitely recommend that you read that book. So now, you know, earlier I said when life feels crappy, double down on self, self-care. Absolutely. It's so important. Why do we feel like when we're in crappy situations that we just have to sulk and be upset? Or if somebody is treating us bad, then we treat ourselves bad. Why do we give them that power over us? It's not right. Okay. I mean, we've all done it, right? So I'm not judging you because I've done it too several times over. Um, But then when I think about it after, I'm like, why would I give that person my power? Why would I let them have that control over me? So recently I've had several things in my life going on that have just been stressful. And two things happened at once. And I just was stressed and overwhelmed. So I took the weekend to bitch and moan and complain and whine and cry and be pissed off at the world, be upset. And then I decided after that weekend that I was not going to do it anymore. That I took that time to to be pissed. And then after that, I got back on the right track. I was like, okay, now I'm taking control. Now I'm taking action. And actually... I had someone close to me die, not not recently, or not, that wasn't why I was pissed off at the world, <laughs> but like a year and a half ago, I had someone close to me die, and my counselor told me to pick time to grieve every day, or pick time to grieve, say, say you didn't need to grieve every day because some time had passed, then Pick three days a week or just pick your time to grieve. So similarly, you could pick your time to be pissed off. You could say at 4 p.m. every day, I'm going to be pissed off. I'm going to just pout and just be a snot for a half an hour and just be a mess and whatever. So you can go about your day, be productive Do the things you you do, but still feel your feelings. I think that's the important thing is that we're not ignoring our feelings or stuffing them away in a jar. That's when it comes back to get you, right? Or like it's just, it adds a weight on your shoulders. When you don't address your emotions and how you're feeling, it just, it's like a backpack with like 50 pounds in it, right? The weight just keeps adding and adding and adding. So there's something to be said about feeling your emotions, feeling what you're going through. So if you need to take 30 minutes a day and be pissed off or just have a pity party, then do it. By all means, do it. But do not let this take you down. Do not let this allow you to have a, like, don't let it, make you miserable, right? Who wants to live a miserable life day in and day out just because somebody else did something to them? So I told you how I took the weekend 
for my little pity party. And then back to business, right? But I told myself, okay, how can you, how can I make the best of this? And I thought, what are all the things that I love doing? What lights me up or excites me or calms me and relaxes me? So for me, that's nature, just being outdoors or whether that's outdoors walking or reading a book outdoors on a nice day. And then it's also sitting by a campfire. Yes, that's part nature, but that's what I love. I love to just sit by a good campfire. That relaxes me. It makes me feel at peace. So I looked at the things I loved and the things that relaxed me and brought me peace of mind. And I tried to find a way to incorporate those things into my day. So something, so in the morning, here's my routine. In the morning, when I woke up, I would have a five to 10 minute meditation routine, or I do currently have a five to 10 minute meditation routine. I'm not going to lie and say that I do it every day. I don't. And matter of fact, it's kind of a roller coaster. Sometimes I do it all the time. Sometimes I do it never. <laughs> um, but when life is tough, then double down on the self-care. Make sure that you're doing meditating. That's something that will relax you or clear your mind or do what works for you. Maybe it's yoga, right? So in the morning for five minutes, I sit there and I think of the ideal outcome of that crappy situation or of my life. Doesn't matter. I sit there and think of all of the things that I want for my life and how it's going to be. Like, what would the perfect outcome be? What would my ideal life be? So I sit there and I think about all those things in great, great detail. And I've shared this story before. When I ran my first marathon, every day I would sit there and imagine myself running that marathon, crossing that finish line. And then after I crossed the finish line, like I would just imagine myself throwing my hands up in the air with a big smile on my face, being so stinking excited. And somebody handed me that free beer that you get at the end of a marathon and putting on that finisher's jacket and just being pumped, just being so excited. And who would be there with me and what we would do and what it would smell like and feel like. And after I said smell like, it's like, yeah, that sounds pretty gross. At the end of a marathon, everybody smells pretty gross. <laughs> but I digress. So yeah, but that's what you have to do is picture the best outcome. So if you're in a crappy situation, then what would the best possible outcome for you be, right? And then sit there for five minutes and don't think of a thing. Just try to sit there and keep your mind open and clear. And if the thought comes, that's fine. Don't judge it. Get back to not thinking, right? Or just think like back to baseline and that's it. Because thoughts are going to creep up and creep in. And it takes quite a while to, to get better at that. And then also think of the position your body is in. Some people need to be laying on the ground or the floor. Some people need to be sitting in an upright position. Um, you figure out what works for you. Right? It's not a one size fits all thing. Like You have to figure out where the best place 
and what the best position for your body to be in for your meditation. So don't be afraid to experiment with that. So I did the meditation in the morning and then whenever I could on lunch, I would either go outside and walk or I would sit outside and read a book. Just something to like give me peace of mind, right? And also I made a point because it is so easy for me to sit at my desk and work through lunch and sit there and eat and work, but that doesn't necessarily help, right? I think that you need a break. You need to somehow break the the working from your desk thing and just get up and move or just do something to break up your day. And then at night, whenever it was a nice whenever it was a nice night, I would walk if I could before it got too dark. And walking, running, any form of exercise is the best. But like for me, I love walking. And so that just brings me peace. So that's what I do. Whenever I could, I made an, a point like, okay, I'm going to walk. Even if it's only for 15 minutes and I'm going to walk around the block, then that's what I'm going to do. But more times than not, it would be like an hour, right? Um, sometimes if you just say, I'll just do 15 minutes every day, sometimes you automatically want to do more. And then as it, and then when it got late on the nicer nights, any night that it was a nice night, then I told myself I was going to have like a fire in the, my fire pit. And that might only be for 15 minutes, for five minutes. It doesn't matter. The point is, is find ways to implement self-care so that you can be happy, so you can find joy in the midst of all the crappy things going on. Find something that lights you up. You can love yourself. Even if you don't feel like other people love you or you don't feel like you're deserving of your love or your self-care, you have to make yourself a priority. And I think that just the benefits of squeezing in these little moments of the day, even if say it was just five minutes for each thing or 10 minutes for each thing, just these little moments kind of bring you back to you and realize you're going to get through this. Life is going to be okay. So maybe make a list. What are the things that make you happy? What are the things that light you up? What are the things that relax you? How can you find small ways to bring those into your day? I think that those are good to do at any time in your life. But I also think that when you're going through a hard time, you need to like be intentional about taking care of yourself. Be intentional about being your own cheerleader or your own self-care. And then that automatically will lift your mood up a little bit. So what are these things for you? What lights you up? What relaxes you or brings peace to you? So either hit pause on this now or when you're right when you're done with this episode, come up with a list of those things. And then more than that, what time can you implement those? I think the more that you make it a routine and you do it the same time every day, the better off it is, right? So my routine, four o'clock in the morning, I'm doing my meditation. And then at, say, 1130, 12 o'clock in the day, then I'm choosing to do my 
sitting outside and reading or taking a short walk. And then when I get home, maybe five o'clock at night, then that is the time I'm trying to walk around the neighborhood, even if it's for a short amount of time. And as it gets dark out, maybe 830 at night, then I have a short fire pit or bonfire. And that's it. I don't always get to do every single thing. But the more that I'm intentional about it, and the more that I have a set time, and it becomes kind of a routine, and I expect it, then I don't even really have to think about it. I'm just like, I'm going to do this at this time. This is what I usually do. And it, it makes it a whole lot easier. So that's what I encourage you to do is find time throughout your day to double down on your self-care. Now, you might be asking yourself, what do you do after that? You're doing all the self-care, but you still have to deal with that shitty thing. You still have to face the music, so to speak, because even if you're doing all this stuff to for self-care, maybe you have something else that you're still going to have to address. For example, when you're going through a divorce, that can be stressful and you still have to make decisions and prepare and maybe you're going to court. So you're going to have to face that person that you're divorcing, right? Or even if you're not going to have to appear in court, you still have a lot of stuff on your plate to do. So how do you break that up so that it's manageable? Or how do you do those things? It's hard. (laughs) So I've been through a divorce and for a good while, we just stayed separated. And I just put my head in the sand because I didn't want to deal with it. It can be hard having to make decisions. And at that point, I was an indecisive person. I didn't want to make a decision and I worried about making the wrong one, doing the wrong thing. So that just left me incapacitated. Like it let me, left me making zero choices because I was too scared that I would make the wrong one. And then that just kind of leaves you feeling like that, feeling frozen or stuck. And you don't get it any better or feel any better because you just have this dread of all of this stuff that's looming in front of you, all of this stuff that you still have to get done. So what I started doing, and it's a possibility for you to do as well, is to take time every day and try to, well, first, how can you make this big crappy situation more tolerable, right? How can you put it into bite-sized pieces so you only have to deal with it for a fraction of the time every single day or five days a week, whatever you decide? So when it came to divorce, I did one task a day, either called one company and canceled something that needed to be canceled or had them take my name off of it, or I, you have to gather all your bills or find out what the two of you owe. So I decided to, okay, I'm going to find out this one today. This is what I'm going to, this is who I'm going to call today. And every day I just did one thing. And just doing one little thing every day made me feel like I was like, it gave me a sense of control and like I was doing something, not just ignoring it. Because I think it was probably like four to six months I actually did anything 
once I had moved out and we had been separated. And that's just because of like, fear can just terrify you and just keep you frozen in your tracks. Because you just don't want to make the wrong decision. But if you can cut it down into bite sized pieces, then it feels much more manageable. So give it a try. See how it works for you. Now say you had to testify in your divorce hearing or testify in a hearing, right? That could be stressful. And maybe you don't want to do it or you don't want to review because if you're going to testify, say in your divorce hearing, you probably want to know what you're going to talk about ahead of time. Your attorney will probably tell you to prepare. So how do you deal with that? Because it's probably something you just want to ignore and you don't want to go it through or deal with or think about. You're like, I only want to think about that when I go there. I don't want to think about it other time because it brings me down. What can you do? For me, when I have to prepare for something like that, then I try to think of, then I try to think of how I can do this, how I can prepare for it in a way that makes me not happy, but like at peace. It doesn't really get to me so much. So an example is for I would go out and prepare like next to my fire pit, maybe. And just sit there and review what I'm going to have to know, go over that stuff. But because the fire pit or the fire pit brings me peace, then it's not so stressful for me. It doesn't feel stressful at all, really, when I'm there reading it. But if I was to be reading it inside my house, I would probably be stressed and overwhelmed, right? So that's really something to think about. Even on a nice day when the sun's out. Even if it's 60 degrees, but the sun's out, it's a warm day or warm enough, then I could sit and sit outside and read it there. But it's a night and day difference from if I'm sitting outside reading it compared to if I'm sitting in my house reading it. If I'm sitting in my house reading it, I feel like crap. I feel just, ugh, yuck. I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to look at this. I don't want to do it. And it just puts me in a bad mood or... Just makes me feel like, ugh, yuck. So I kept trying to think, how can I change this? What can I do to make it better? So that's maybe what you need to think. Is there a room in your house that relaxes you or brings you peace? Can you go do it there? Just try to think, where is somewhere you can go that brings you peace, relaxes you, that you can do this thing, that you can study, practice up, whatever you need to do, Maybe it's for a divorce hearing. Maybe it's for something else. Um, But just take it in bite-sized pieces, even if it's only looking at it for 10 minutes a day, but then in a peaceful place or a place that relaxes you and do that. Maybe it's just a comfortable chair you have that relaxes you. Try it. Try that. Maybe you have an art room. Go in there and do it. I don't know. Just figure out somewhere that you don't have so much anxiety or that just usually is a place of relaxation and then only do it for 10 minutes and then get back to whatever you want to do in life. Give it a shot. What do you have to lose? Sometimes we just have to take the suck or the suckiness out of these situations. Just take them in bite-sized pieces that are manageable um, and that that are the healthiest and best for you, right? 
You don't have to let this other person or situation drag you down. Ultimately, it's not somebody else's job to care for you. It's not somebody else's job to make sure that you're okay. That's on you. And you deserve to care for yourself. You deserve self-love and badassery, right? But you have to be intentional about doubling down on the self-care and about doing things that are best for you or the healthiest for you. Next, I want you to think about who can you recruit to help you? Who is somebody who is your your ride or die friend or person or family member? Who can you recruit? So here's the thing. One of my best friends, we started walking. So once a week on Sunday afternoon, we would meet and go for a walk, right? One hour, two hours, whatever, and just shoot the breeze (laughs) and talk about whatever, talk about life. And it was fun. It's much more fun to go walking with a friend and just talk, right? And then you feel so much better after that happens. Sometimes you have to ask for what you need. People do not know what you are going through if you don't tell them. Or they don't know that you need support or that you want to go for a walk or do whatever it is unless you tell them or ask them, right? We just expect other people to be mind readers. How are they supposed to know? How? They won't know unless you tell them. So don't underestimate the people that are around you. Don't underestimate that they won't show up for you, right? Give them the chance to show up for you. Or just start speaking up a bit. Just say, hey, you want to go for a walk? Or, hey, I'm going through a tough time. You want to meet for a coffee? And maybe you have to go pick up a coffee with masks on, right? (laughs) Or do something outdoors if possible. Or I don't even care if you have to just jump on a a flipping video call, right? If, If you're not comfortable with walking outside or something, then do what works for you. Because we're during coronavirus, I get it. But there are still things that you can do. Or they can come over and sit outside with you. You guys can social distance outside in your yard, maybe. Or their yard. I don't know. But if you don't tell them or you don't ask them, they cannot help you. So that's really what I want you to think about. Who can you enlist to be on your side? Who who can you enlist to go on a walk with you or to sit outside with you, right? And maybe it's just different people. Maybe you ask a different friend to meet up every week. I don't know. You have to figure out what works for you. Okay. So let's just do a short recap of things you can do when life sucks, right? Or if you're going through a crappy situation. When life sucks or has you down, double down on the self-care. Make it a priority in your life. Try to do two things a day that can lift your spirits. Again, these can be for five minutes. I don't care. And if that just seems insane to you, do one. But really try to double down on the self-care. If you were doing nothing before, then doing one thing is better than nothing, right? But make it a priority. Do something that lights you up. If you are 
having anger or grief or sadness towards something, a lot time to feel that emotion, right? Pick a weekend to grieve and piss and moan about it, right? To just have a pity party for yourself or choose like 20 minutes a day, 4 p.m. every day, you're going to have a pity party for 30 minutes. Cool. You can do that. That's manageable and it's not going to eat up your whole day. Now, if you're going through something hard and maybe you're facing a divorce um, and you have stuff that you have to get done or say it was even the death of a parent, right? That's rough. And you have stuff that you're going to have to deal with regarding like their property and their will. Just choose one task a day to do. Take it in bite-sized pieces. You don't have to do everything all at once. Break the tasks down into smaller, more manageable things. So one task a day, that's it. That's all you have to do. Call one place a day, whatever. But you don't have to do everything all the time. You can even keep a running list. And every time you think of something you have to do, just throw it on that list. You don't have to actually do it. Just throw it on the list and you'll do it one day at a time, right? You can just check it each off. And the more check marks that you see, the more empowering it is, the more encouraging it is. Feels like you're getting, you're taking action. You're getting some control back, even for a very hard thing. Who else can you enlist to help you? That's the last thing. Is there a friend or a family member who you can ask to help you? Who you can ask to go on a walk with you or to meet you for a coffee or to bring you a coffee or you bring them a coffee? Who can you enlist to help you to feel better, right? Or just be a support system. That's it. Friend, if you are going through a hard time and it is hard to see the light or to be brave or to know how to do anything because you just feel so bogged down, I would love, love, love for you to double down on your self-care, for you to start doing some small thing for yourself. I really think that these things will help you to see some light, some happiness, or at least not feel so much grief or anxiety about whatever you're going through. You are so important here. You have to take care of you. So I wish you good luck and I hope that things get better. But remember, part of this is in your control. It's up to you how stressed you get, how worried you get, how much you choose self-care over the crappy thing that's going on. Until next time, friend. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future Spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.